1: That's 800-817-2968. The motorsports world is where legends are
2: made, the unthinkable happens, and barriers are broken. One man harnesses the power of an industry every week. This is the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor, with Jim Beaver.
3: Welcome to the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor, season number 10. Yeah, that's right. We've been doing this thing for 10 years. Uh, This is our 10th anniversary, and uh, yeah, we are doing it to a big, big show today. I am actually uh i got a lot of stuff coming up uh, i'm getting ready to go to sturgis we'll be doing a show on site from sturgis this weekend uh taping a show that'll probably air next week uh sturgis will still be going on but uh, next week i'll be going to vegas torino i'm sitting fourth in the best of desert points in uh, the utv unlimited division and um you know we got a big race on our hands then so uh yeah, we got a, a lot of stuff uh, coming at you, but it should be fun for you radio guests. A lot of stuff to talk about, and today is definitely not going to disappoint. Uh, we've got a couple of big, big guests. If you're a YouTube fan, if you're an automotive fan, you've heard the name Tyler Hoover. Well, Tyler Hoover is going to be one of our guests th- uh, today on the show from Hoovy's Garage. He's also going to be the Grand Marshal of the NASCAR race at Watkins Glen this weekend. So, uh, Tyler Hoover going to be one of my guests on the show today. We've also got my good friend Ron Caps that is right one of the greatest of all time to ever drive a funny car Ron Caps coming off a massive victory at the Winter Nationals this past weekend yeah it sounds weird to say Winter Nationals this weekend because it's summer but it was delayed and Ron Caps coming away victorious there in Pomona Caps will be on the show this week and We've also got the legend who returned to the New England Forest Rally this past weekend. My good friend David Higgins coming off a big victory behind the wheel of a Ford. Yes, I said a Ford for the first time in over a decade running a Ford rally car instead of the Subaru we all have come to know and love. DH going to be a guest on the show talking about that big victory where he beat Ken Block, Travis Pastrana, Brandon Semenuk, Barry McKenna, big victory for DH, and uh, he's here to tell the story and tell us all about his return to rally here in the United States and that big victory at the New England Forest Rally. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a couple of guests uh, surprise us. We're definitely going to take some fan questions. Hit me up at Beaver 15 and we'll get those questions answered on the show. But, uh, man, we got a big, big show coming today. I can't wait to get into things. I can't wait to dive into things. Who knows? Maybe we'll be able to slide in some power rankings as well. But uh, big one coming at you right after this short commercial break right here on the General Tire down and Dirty Radio Show powered by Polaris Razor. Whether you're looking for a tire that balances high performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent hand. Handling and traction in wet and dry conditions, or a summer performance tire designed with a driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the all new G Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, cruising with the Down and Dirty Radio Show since 2012. (music)
9: From the 2018 Master Distillers of the Year comes a bold new American whiskey and fistful of bourbon. Their whiskeys have been award-winning for generations. Now they're going all-in on bourbon, blending five straight whiskeys to create a big, balanced bourbon that stands apart from everything else. So grab yourself a fistful of bourbon, a blend of five bourbons created with over 100 years of whiskey blending experience. It ain't just a bourbon, it's a damn fistful. Please enjoy responsibly.
7: Catch all the back episodes of the Down and Dirty Radio Show on Apple Podcast, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.
3: Welcome back to the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Yeah, we're just uh, settling in here for what is going to be one hell of a show. Um, Man, lots of stuff cranking, lots going on. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, like I said before, I'm heading out to Sturgis, uh, really excited about this kind of a bucket list thing for me. Never been to Sturgis before there's an ultra four race going down. Obviously there's Sturgis in general. My buddy, Tim Montana, uh, guest on the show as, is, uh, is playing a concert that I'm going to get to go to. And, uh, we'll be hanging out with fistful of bourbon, um, Anthony Bollinger, AKA fistful of Terry. He and I are going to be throwing down some radio. So, uh, definitely looking forward to having one hell of a good time out there at Sturgis and uh, checking, uh, checking one off the bucket list for me. So if you are at Sturgis, hit me up at Beaver 15 on social media. Let me know you're out there. Uh, like I said, I'll be hanging out with Fistful of Bourbon. Love to see you guys. Love to hang out with you. Love to have a good time, um, you know, if uh, if we are there. But uh, moving on to uh, bigger and better things, man. We we got a lot to talk about in the world of motorsports. Before we do that, man, I, I want to just say a little bit about the Olympics. You know, this is a weird, weird year with uh, – with the Olympics, uh, I am, you know, every single time the Olympics roll around every two years, you know, summer, winter, summer, winter, um, I, am, uh, I am always glued to the TV for two weeks. Um, I love the Olympics. I even watch the stupid sports um, that they have in there that, you know, are arguably aren't sports. Um, I'm really excited this year that surfing got brought in. Skateboarding got brought in. Obviously, BMX has been there. They've also got uh, you know some BMX freestyle stuff going on. Uh, to me, it's it's really really cool to see action sports now being infused into the Olympics games, uh, much as snowboarding was years ago. And I'm hoping that skateboarding sticks because I think it brings in a younger audience as well as surfing that the uh, the Olympics needs. Um, and I, I truly think they they have got some people tuning in and some viewers that they haven't had in the past. Um, but uh, I guess one of the things about the Olympics and this year is a weird year because it is a year later than it should have been, should have been last year, but you know, the COVID-19 pandemic obviously derailed that, um, you know, and it's weird because we're having summer Olympics and we turn around and have winter Olympics, uh, here in a couple, you know, in a few months. Uh, and this is the first time in a long time that, uh, it's been, a, you know, on the basically in the same year, you know, to an extent. Um, so that's weird that obviously you've got. All these political undertones and it seems like everything has been politicized in regards to the Olympics. And I guess the reason why I like the Olympics uh, and the reason why I tune in every two years to watch the United States, you know, do battle against all the other nations in the world is because for once every two years, everybody in the United States are going for the same thing. There's no Republicans and Democrats. There's no racial undertones. There's no religious undertones. There's no, you know, you know, LGTBQ undertones. Like, you know, it seems like everything in this country is a fight. And especially the last couple of years, you know, I, I feel like dating back the last decade, everything's a fight. You know, it's like there's this side and that side, this side and that side. And I guess. The reason and this country's been split in so many different ways. It's not split in half. I mean, we're split in a million different ways. It's like you took a glass window and threw it on the ground and just shattered. Um, but I feel like the Olympics is the one thing every two years that brings the entire country together. And we're not rooting for a specific subcategory or a specific political party or a specific this or that in this country. We're rooting for one thing, and that's for our athletes from the United States. And so, like, for one time every two years, for two weeks, everybody in the country is on the same page, and we're all pulling for the same exact thing. And to me, I love that. I love the sense of America. I love the sense that all of us are on the same page, and we're all rooting for the same person, the same team. Like, to me, that is an amazing thing. That is awesome. That is why I love the Olympics. Consider me consider me an Olympic junkie for that matter, but I don't care what event you are. If you're representing the red, white and blue in the United States of America, I'm pulling for you. I am absolutely pulling for you. Um, you know, I want to see our country on top and uh you know, that's uh there's a sense of pride in that and I think everybody else for the most part in this country feels the same way. And I think that's cool and I I I'm thankful that the Olympics does that and allows our country to get together once every two years and all pull for the same exact thing, and that's the United States on top, and that's pretty awesome. So, uh, yes, I guess Olympic uh, rant over at this point. Was it even a rant? Not a rant. I was just kind of explaining it myself. I wanted to chime in though um, on something. You know, this is a part of the off-road community that is near and dear to my heart. Um, I obviously have been around the off-road industry for a long time. My dad has been in the off-road industry for, you know, half a century at this point. Uh, my family has deep, deep roots. And, uh, I think, uh, I think the Off-Road Motorsports Hall of Fame is just, uh, it's an amazing, amazing organization. They do some amazing things for, uh, for the off-road community. And it gives a nod to the past. I think, you know, everybody now, you know, we're looking at the future. You look at the guys in the Trophy Truck. You look at the 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 people just absolutely killing it right now. And and many of them are going to be in the Off-Road Hall of Fame. But I love that the Off-Road Hall of Fame protects the history of our great sport. They do a, a bunch of amazing things behind the scenes. Um, and they recognize people that throughout history have put in the work and have blazed trails for where we are today and what off-road is able to do and i think this is an opportunity where you know we get a chance to look back and and look at uh, some of the amazing amazing people um you know that uh, that have made up the sport of off-road and helped move us to where we're at now and uh, they just announced the class of 2021 um, and uh, it's an amazing amazing group of of people um you know four inductees uh, for 2021, um, Tim Morton, um, absolutely rightfully deserved, uh, Tim Morton, uh, you know, he is, he's been around, uh, you know, the industry for a very, very long time, uh, done amazing, amazing things, um, you know, and this dates back all the way to the early eighties, I think 1983, uh, you want to talk about motorcycles, you got to think about, uh, Tim Morton. I mean, uh, he's got, uh, four score motorcycle points championships, uh, score overall pro motorcycle points championship. Uh, ba 1,000 wins. Ba 500 wins. I think seven apiece. One San Felipe, just an amazing guy. Uh, he's accomplished a ton. Tim Morton going in. Uh, you've got John Marking, who a lot of you may not know. Uh, you know from the competition side, but uh, John Marking, I mean, he is uh, the man behind uh, Fox Shocks. He started work at Jimco. And, uh, you know, engineering degree. And uh, he, you know, started, you know, uh, began his career at Fox Shocks in 1992. Uh, Ended up, uh, you know, helping design things and took over Fox. And, uh, you know, and and has basically put them, um, you know, to where they're at today in this massive company. And he's helped, uh, you know, reshape, you know, how the the world looks at uh, Shocks. You know, you got a guy like Steve Kelly going in um, who has just absolutely been – one of uh, one of the key players in off road over the years and helped establish rules. I mean, he was a phenomenal athlete, won so many races. Uh, he was a factory driver, um, just uh, an amazing, amazing guy. Steve Kelly goes in, and then one that's near and dear to my heart. A um, uh, good friend of mine, uh, Spencer Lowe, who uh, you know he had an off-road business and helped uh, you know do uh, you know kits for mini trucks uh, under the name Low Manufacturing. But he was uh, an absolute complete uh, menace behind the wheel, and I mean that in the best possible way, uh, winning so many championships as a factory Nissan driver. Uh, you, those of you who have been to Parker, you know Foxes, you know the restaurant on the river. Uh, Spencer and, and restaurant and resort on the river. Spencer owned that along with his wife Kathy for a long time, and that's where I got to know Spencer. I mean, uh, the man was just a, a true, true, genuine human being with a heart of gold, and uh, you know, and he was an absolute amazing, amazing driver uh, behind the wheel. And uh, Spencer Lowe going in as well. So uh, that that is uh, the inductees for 2021. Uh, it also includes, I believe, seven inductees from 2020 because they weren't allowed to be inducted last year. So it's going to be a big gala in Las Vegas. Uh, I believe the end of October, October 30th, the date on that one. So uh, tickets, I believe, are on sale. Uh, The website is ormhof.org, O-R-M-H-O-F.org, ormhof.org. But definitely go and get your tickets. Check it out. Um, Really blessed to be a part of the Off-Road Motorsports Hall of Fame community. Uh, I've been the host in years past, and I absolutely love being in Las Vegas at the South Point for the induction ceremony each and every year. So uh, definitely, if you guys uh, at home, uh, Want to go? You're going to be in the Las Vegas area. It's worth it. Black tie evening. And uh, all you know, all the money goes to uh, the Off-Road Hall of Fame as well as various charities. So uh, good night, good time for everybody. And you should definitely be there. So we are going to take a short commercial break. And we're going to have a whole lot more when we return right here to the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show. Powered by Polaris Razor.
9: You've been putting back a few.
8: You and your phone have been through a lot this past year. It's been your lifeline to the world. And now some big wireless company is telling you you gotta buy a new phone from them and sign their contract? They don't control you. With TrackPhone Wireless, you can keep the phone, number, and network you already have. Already got a 5G phone? Keep that too. Because TrackPhone runs on America's best networks now with 5G nationwide. Plus, we've got unlimited talk and text smartphone plans starting at just 20 bucks. TrackPhone
1: Wireless. Now you're in control.
8: 5G nationwide access requires a 5G-capable device. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary.
1: That's 800 846 2153
3: Welcome back to the Gentle Tired on a Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Uh yeah, we got uh, you know, once again a big show today. Uh we got uh, David Higgins coming up in the next segment. Uh yes, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh he is on. Uh and then in hour number two, we got Ron Caps as well as Tyler Hoover Hoover from Hoovy's Garage, uh, also uh NASCAR. Uh, grand Marshal this weekend at Watkins Glen. So a uh, big show, big, big show. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, we got a, you know, a segment here where I get to do a little bit of whirlwind of talking on a, on a myriad of things. And uh, I honestly have absolutely no idea where we're going to start. Uh, other than the fact that uh, I did tune into a stage rally this week. And I say, tune in uh, watched online, David Higgins coming back. And this you know, obviously, a lot of you that have been following the show know that uh, I was uh, was you know one of the voice along with Jared DeAnda of uh, Red Bull Global Rallycross for two years, um, and then kind of when that gig wrapped up for me, I uh, was the voice of Rally America for two years. Uh, so I have uh, put in a lot of time in in stage rally and rallycross. Let's put it that way. You know, I've been an ambassador for Dirtfish for years. I have a helmet hat deal, so I stay abreast with Rally, and I was a, uh, um, a global ambassador for Subaru um, for, uh, was it two, three years um, where I actually had an STI that they gave me to drive and, uh, you know, and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, I've been around uh, the Rally community for a very long time, and uh By default, uh, I'm a stage rally fan, you know, Um, and, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to have been at some of the best North American stage rallies in the last decade uh, on site. I remember a couple years back, uh, there was a big one at New England Force Rally, um, which is by default kind of become one of the big ones on the rally calendar and definitely one you want to attend, very fan friendly. Um, And that happened this past weekend, but uh, there was a couple years ago where, Travis Pastrana, Ken Block, David Higgins. Um I believe uh, there was Lagaman was in a R5 that was brought over for uh, by M Sport from Europe and I swear I'm missing another heavy hitter that was in what uh, that was in that uh that race as well. Um but uh, there there was uh, it, it was basically a be- very big stage rally and uh, you know it seems like there's always uh, a few uh, a few big heavy hitters that come. Uh, Been a couple years where uh, Antoine Lestage came down from uh, Canada and the factory Subaru program and raced against, uh, you know, the Subaru United States program or Subaru Rally Team USA. Um, You know, Ken Block, uh, you know, has kind of come in, come out at times, but, you know, it's just been really, really tough to uh, to get a full field at all these events. Um, This year has been really fortunate that they've had four. Well, with David Higgins coming back to New England Force Rally, that puts us at five. And it was a big, big event uh, by stage rally standards for for top caliber teams. I mean, stage rally is pretty healthy in the United States right now. It's kind of gone in ups and downs, but we're definitely on an up right now with, uh, with with a lot of entries, you know, pulling 70, 80 entries at cars at most rallies. Uh, but the top tier teams, it, it's tough to get that many at that level. And uh, we were fortunate to see that at uh, New England Forest Rally uh, this past weekend. And, you know, when you get that, um, it's, it's tough for all of them to carry a pace. I mean, it's at a crazy pace to run up front of a rally, and you're threading the needle on pretty much every corner. So at some point, you get somebody fall out. You know, they, they, they go off and have an off and, and lose some time, uh, get a flat, uh, hit a tree, sometimes wreck. Um, you know, it's so it, it, it's tough to get that many cars to do battle for a very long time. Generally, there's one or two that step away from the rest of the pack, things like that. With New England Forest Rally was a bit different, uh, this year. I mean, you had the top five that were all within seconds of each other for most of the two days. That is so rare. And uh, I was following along at home, and I mean, this was nail biter. A lot of you saw my tweets. I mean, I haven't seen, I mean, we're talking. Probably better competition than WRC has at the top. I mean, th- these guys were literally on. Fire. I mean, we're seeing a couple seconds separating, you know, the top three, and maybe seven, eight seconds si- separating the top five. I mean, you just don't get that. And it wasn't one guy stepping out; it was all of them. They were trading. You know, Um had win one, Pastrana win one, uh, Block, Higgins, Simonuk. I mean, everybody was up there slicing dice, and it was crazy <laughs> through the first day, and then second day it was crazy to start, and then things kind of started separating, but. Man, I got to tell you, it was an absolute nail biter of a stage rally this past weekend at New England Forest Rally, and I was uh, I was really really excited for that. Um, I hadn't uh, I hadn't been that excited over rally in quite some time. Obviously, uh, David Higgins uh, walked away with the victory, and uh, you know, and I got to tell you though, it wasn't an easy one. Uh, you know, McKenna was leading at one point. Um, Block was right on McKenna's heels. Uh, Then I think uh, Blockman inherited the lead at one point. Then Travis Pastrana did. And then Higgins was hunting him down. Seminic was always right there around the top three. He ended up having some problems. Man, what a rally. Uh, You know, Dirtfish, to our partners at Dirtfish, they did an amazing job covering the rally. Uh, By the way, the segment being brought to you by our good friends at Dirtfish, go to www.dirtfish.com. You know, you can check out all their rally news. They do live coverage of WRC and uh, the ARA Rally Championship here in the United States. If you're looking to go to Dirtfish and get a class, use the code JIMBEAVER15. That is JIMBEAVER15. That will get you 15% off. Uh, at Dirtfish Rally School, um, but uh, yeah, what an amazing, amazing rally! Uh, good time. Uh, I was a fan sitting at home, just absolutely locked. Good stuff. Uh, congratulations to uh, ARA. Congratulations to uh, David Higgins. Um, it was uh, it was definitely uh, worth. <laughs> worth uh, sitting around your computer and uh, and watching things play out. Uh, once again, Jim Beaver, fifteen, dirtfish, DirtFish.com. dirtfish. dot That will get you fifteen uh, percent off any and all classes there at Dirtfish. Want to try your hand at rallying? And uh, next up on the era calendar is the Ojibwe Rally coming up late. August. So uh, if you're in Minnesota, that one's a fun one to watch. Definitely should head out for that. So uh, one of the things we haven't chimed in on uh, on on the uh, show yet so far, I know my good friend Sean Brennan with Supercross, we got him lined up uh, in the coming weeks to come on the show and talk about the 2022 Supercross schedule. But uh, man, oh man, do we have a schedule to talk about Supercross is back. They are back and they're doing things the way they, they used to, the way you're accustomed to. And let me tell you about this calendar here. Things kick off, yes, with the big one. Round one, Anaheim, Angel Stadium. Round one of Supercross, A1 is happening. Move to Oakland, yes, back in California. They're doing the whole California swing. Then they go down to San Diego. Then A2, Anaheim, two, round four. Uh, Then they move to uh, my favorite round, uh, the beginning of September, uh, in Glendale, Arizona, State Farm Stadium. Uh, They are going to be there um, doing battle. Uh, with uh, you know, with the best in the business there in uh, you know in Phoenix. Uh, then you move to A three at Anaheim. Uh, you move now to Minnesota, US Bank Stadium, beautiful facility there, hosted X Games. Obviously, home of the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to move there into the dome in Minneapolis, not the Metrodome. They're moving into uh, the US Bank Stadium dome. Then they moved down to Texas. It's the one I actually went to this last year, Arlington. Amazing round, beautiful place Uh, there, the home of the Dallas Cowboys. They're moving around eight there. Then they're moving all the way across to the East Coast to one of the biggest events of the year at Daytona. Daytona International Speedway will lay host to uh, round nine of Supercross, the start of March. March 5th is the dates on that one. Moving up to Detroit, Michigan to Ford Field for round 10. Lucas Oil Stadium, round 11. Seattle, Washington, and Lumen Field there, March 26th for round number 12. And then moving to uh, St. Louis. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia, at Atlanta Motor Speedway. This one uh, was an interesting one. Run much similar to Daytona where it's a mix of outdoors and indoors at Atlanta Motor Speedway. was very well received uh, this this year, and uh, they're moving back to that same venue uh, for next year. So a uh, little bit different take on uh, Supercross that we're getting at Atlanta uh, the last two years. And they're moving up to uh, the home of the Patriots, Foxborough, Massachusetts, for Gillette Stadium round number 15. Uh, Denver, Colorado, um, is there uh, April 30th, and then rounding things out, round 17 will be in Salt Lake City, Utah, Rice eccles Stadium at Salt Lake. Now – Becoming the new home of the finale for Supercross in May, we saw it last year. We saw, it, you know, we saw it this year. Uh, excuse me, and last year. And uh, yeah, it's become the new home of uh, the finale of Supercross. The one glaring omission on the schedule: Las Vegas, Nevada. Who knows? Maybe a Monster Energy Cup. Uh, they're going to save that for fall there in Las Vegas. But uh, yeah, weird seeing Las Vegas not on the calendar. But other than that, back to normal for Supercross in 2022. And uh, you know what? I'm a big Supercross fan. They're a big part of this show, um, you know. We get writers on a lot. My good friend Sean Brennan uh, with Supercross it comes on from time to time, and I have to tell you, I absolutely am thrilled with this calendar. Supercross needed to get back to normal. I think we all loved the Super Tuesday rounds because on a Tuesday night, it gave us something to watch on TV that was exciting and it was live. But uh, you know, Supercross needed to get back to, uh, the Saturday nights, their bread and butter, and they're doing that. They're back in the stadiums across the country with fans and 2022, I got a feeling this is going to be one of the biggest Supercross seasons in Supercross history. So, uh, yes, we will have a ton more Supercross content as, uh, as we click off, um, the, the weeks and the months here on the show, as we lead up to that, obviously outdoor motocross going on right now. And, um. Man, that's a great season as well. But uh, uh, we got to take a short commercial break. We come back. David Higgins going to be right here on the show. Once again, rally fans, Dirtfish.com, Jim Beaver 15. That'll get you 15% off any and all classes at Dirtfish Rally School. And once again, David Higgins, when we return right here to the show on the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor.
2: Life is all about sound, the sound of sports, the sound of the racetrack, and the sound of your vehicle. Don't drive around listening to this. Drive around listening to the sound of performance, Gibson Performance. Gibson Performance Exhaust is the company who can turn this into this. Remember that life is all about sound, and Gibson Exhaust is the sound of performance. Check out your next cat-back exhaust system, headers, muffler, or UTV Exhaust at GibsonPerformance.com and
7: get more power and more sound. Like what you hear? Catch all the back episodes of the Down and Dirty Radio Show on Apple Podcast. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.
3: Welcome back to the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. I'd like to welcome my good friend David Higgins to the line. DH, uh, big, big weekend for you. Back in the saddle, my friend. And uh, you got to feel pretty good about New England Forest Rally.
10: Yeah, 100%, Jim. It was um, one of those events that when you haven't rallied for so long and you you doubt yourself and the longer you go without an event, the more doubt that creeps in. But after the first few days, we weren't a million miles away and then we sort of slowly brought ourselves into a fight and came away with the victory. So, mega, uh, mega weekend. Couldn't be happier for everyone.
3: Well, I can tell you, I know I wanted to be on site. Uh, I had so much going on, I wasn't able to be there. But As a fan watching, you know, online, I got to say, I mean, there was five drivers there. You, Trav, uh, Brandon, you know, Ken Block, and obviously we've got Barry in the uh, WRC car. But you guys at the start were trading stage times. I mean, it it was just a few seconds separating all five of you. I mean, I haven't seen a rally that close in the U.S. in in quite some time, David. That would have been exciting for you as a driver to be in a fight like
10: that. Yeah, brilliant. Because one thing me and Craig always said that the 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 ultimate pace at the front of American Rallying has always been really strong, but what's let it down in over the years is if if one guy has a problem, then it almost becomes such a big gap to the other ones. But with this rally, if you had a not such a good stage, you could go from second to fourth or second to fifth or up and down the leaderboard just with one sort of mediocre stage, and that's just like how it is in. You know, top European events, um, you know, the more depth you've got in the field, the better it is. But for sure, the harder it makes it at the same time. But it's um, it was awesome to have such a battle where things were changing so quickly. It really was what, what rallying's all about.
3: Yeah, you know, and, and like I said, as a fan sitting home, it had me excited. I mean, for you coming in, obviously, I know you said you hadn't been in the car in a while. How, how was that jumping into something? I mean, you're so familiar with the Subaru platform because that's all you've driven for, you know, for the last decade. How was that jumping into uh, something that was completely different uh, than what you've been used to?
10: Yeah, it was really hard because obviously over the last sort of seven or eight years, my pace notes have been developed over a particular car, so you were fine-tuning everything, almost like a racetrack. So every line was perfect for how that car reacted. And also, the, when you were competing more and more, you sort of get in the car, and I was saying, it almost feels like slow motion. You're listening to your pace notes. You, you feel like you've got loads of time to to react. Where you're getting a new car, where you're not really sure what it's going to do at any point, and um, it can, it, you know, some traits of the car were, were better than the Subaru, and there were some places where it was it was more nervous than the Subaru. Um, but it just felt like you sort of jumped in the car and hit fast forward and everything was happening much faster. But the more and more the event went on, obviously, the more we knew what to expect and, and the easier it was getting and the more the sort of flow between myself and Craig was, was getting better and better. So it's just one of those things when you're out of it for a while, it's, it's hard work. But we sort of we use a lot of our experience to get to where we got to.
3: Yeah, well, and... You know, here's the question. I know, you know, I, I've been around you for the last decade and, and stage rallying in the United States, and and you're you're a little bit like Kimmy, you know, where you're you're you know you're the Iceman when it comes to uh, an event, you know, and and you don't show a lot of emotion, and you you know, and it's just you're so hyper focused. But I gotta think going into uh, you know that first you know first pass at Concord Pond, there was probably a little bit of nerves on your end, and in regards to pace and the new car, and and after you left, you know the Concord Pond the first time, you went around and did it a second time. I mean, you know, it was it a little bit of a of relief, going all right. We still have the pace. We're still there. We can compete at this level.
10: Yeah, I said to Craig before we did that. This the stage Concord Pond is very unique in America. It's just like Finland, massive big jumps. But you've got a hundred percent know what your car is going to do when you go into there. So, um we did a short twenty mile test in the car beforehand, but there was no jumps on that road, unfortunately. So the first ever jump I, I hit with the car was it was a, was a live stage. So I said to Craig before I we went and said we can just stay within, you know. seconds of the top guys by the end of these two stages and it's game on because you're going to lose a little bit with just not 100% knowing what the car was and and we were pretty close, we were right in the fight from the start so when I came off that one I thought okay um, it could be game on now. (laughs)
3: Well, you know, and, and this car, I mean, talk a little bit about the differences. What kind of adjustments? I know it's at one point, you know, and I don't know the changes you guys made, made overnight, but I know the top speed wasn't quite there. Uh, the gearing was a little bit different in this car than than what you were used to. So you're giving up a little time on the top end uh, just because you couldn't reach those, you know, outright speeds everybody else had. But, uh, you know, talk us through a little bit about the differences in this car, you know, and, and the challenges you kind of faced throughout the rally.
10: Yeah, the, the main thing, obviously, it's just a much, much smaller car, so, that makes the the change of direction so much better. Like on the first few stages, I would literally turn the wheel and with the Subaru, you had to almost set the car up a little bit more and try and place, get the car turned a lot earlier for the corner and then use a momentum to take you through it. Where this thing I'd like touched the wheel and it was like a go-kart just drove to the inside of the corner. So for the first few stages, I definitely found myself turning in too early, turning back out, Um, but once you got used to it, the benefit of that quick change of direction was a real sort of plus point for the car um the high speed stuff on some of the where the car goes over a crest whether it's because we're lacking a little bit of downforce or a bit of setup or something the car always wanted to sort of lift out and and move wider and some of the real quick stuff it was a it was a little bit of a handful and the car runs much much lower to the ground so um you're driving on the sump guards and on the diff guards or or a lot of the times you really it, it sounds really harsh and it feels harsh as it's crashing through on you but it's it's just the way those cars are designed to be but the more we got used to it the better it was we we managed to sort of persuade the engineers to give us a few more revs in top gear so we could get a little bit more top speed on the second day and just take the rev limit for a bit further up um so that obviously helped us a bit and we were just we were tuning the suspension a little bit as we went on and bit by bit so it's like when we found going onto a different compound tire or a different tire like previously i always knew if i went to a different tire i knew what clicks to do on the dampers automatically where this we had to sort of find out a little bit later but we we definitely got there and with a little bit more time again I think we can we could improve the car a fair bit more as well so there's plenty more to 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 come out of the package it's just but it's a much it's very exciting the way the car drives and reacts it's really is sort of more seat of the pants stuff and the car sort of slides around a bit more e- like easily so from Craig's point of view, he said it felt like really different from his side with the note to to get the notes. But the first day, I, I wouldn't say he didn't enjoy it, but I wouldn't say he was loving it. But by the end of the second day, he was really back into it again. And um, he got more used to it because, you know, I've driven some R5 cars testing and doing things before. So I was more familiar with the smaller platform than what, than what Craig was. But the more he got used to it as well, the sort of the better everything gelled.
3: Well, you know, and, and that's a question in regards to Craig. I mean, you and Craig have been together a long time, and I, you know, I, I know you personally wouldn't probably want to go rallying without Craig, you know, sitting in that co driver's seat. You know, this new car, you you guys obviously have phenomenal notes from from years of running these same stages. But is there any moving forward changes you guys are going to have to make to your notes and the way you take notes, and, and you know, with this new platform, this new car, than what you had in the past?
10: Yeah, I think we would definitely have to make some adjustments. There's, there's certain places where the car doesn't like as much and there's certain places where the car is a lot better but the other thing is really like the gear ratios on the car are a little bit different um there's so you have to sort of like where I found myself quite a few times going down a gear that I didn't need to go down because of the way the, the 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 ratios were in the box and things so it was just getting familiar with those type of things really so in future I'd go there and I'd sort of there's certain things in my pace notes every now and again i use the word gear on a corner just to make myself consciously stay up the gears a little bit more and things so you you'd do more of that in the future again um and obviously you'd know where you can capitalize on the car's improvements a little bit more where i had some cautions that i would need when i was in the, the other car in the in the little fiesta we could just go straight over things that i couldn't with the other so it's um it's it's learning what the, each car is capable of to get the absolute best, and that's why although you know we were all everyone was pushing hard. I knew every stage I finished, there was never a stage of the rally where I finished where I thought, yeah, I got the absolute everything out of the package, that we were always leaving a little bit on the on the table just through lack of experience really.
3: Well, and that's got to have you excited for potential uh, potential future rallies. You know, you, you obviously you, you think there's a little bit more you can get out of your and Craig's relationship, and then obviously the platform as a whole. I mean, we, we know you're a phenomenal guy at developing cars and platforms. I mean, this has got to have you excited that there's a little bit more left in the car as well. And, I mean, walk away from New England Forest Rally knowing you left time on the table and still winning, that's got to have you pretty excited for the future.
10: Yeah, for sure as well. And also even I know that rally, like – so much as well you can't drive that rally 100% the whole rally and, and expect to finish without a problem um, like I was surprised that the five of us were still really um, in the hunt to the end of the first day normally something's gone to somebody by that point and and obviously things did start to happen later on but it is one of those rallies where you've got to have a little bit of caution in places because if you don't you, you don't make the end so um, it is a rally where you have to be you know, you have to be a little bit smarter at times. So I think the fact that we weren't pushing the absolute climax everywhere played into our hands a little bit as well. But you know, it would be fun to go back again now and knowing the platform better, knowing what we can do again, and plus sort of shaking some of the rust off and and go have an opportunity to go again and see what we could see what we could do next time round.
3: Yeah, and I gotta ask about the rust. You say you're shaking the rust off, and a lot of people go, "Man, you're, you're David Higgins. Like, how much rust is there?" But I know from me when I took a step away from trophy truck for a couple of years, and to drive something with that power and at that level, and I'd I'd put a trophy truck comparable to the open class rally cars. You're driving like there is some you you leave on the table. There is a little bit of rust. You forget, you know you know, how hard you have to drive them and breaking points. And there's just little things you pick up and, and, you know, it takes a few miles to get that back. And I, I, you know, how was that with this car? I mean, because, you know, people laugh when you talk about the rust, but there, there is a little bit to an extent.
10: Yeah. Like since I, I think I started rallying in 1992 and I was like racing carts right the way up to that point. So I don't think I ever went probably more than uh, as a guess three months or four months maximum between not doing events um since since probably 1985 when I very first started karts at 10 years old so you know you suddenly go that gap of time without a competition and you know you it's easy to um just get caught up in the you even just remembering the routines you go through and the different things that you do before stages and how you prepare and everything beforehand and stuff so there was a lot of things to sort of get back into it but thankfully the um the determination to want to be at the front was still there <laughs> and that sort of drove us through the the rest of it really
9: yeah.
3: So uh, before we let you go, one last question. I mean, uh, you know, how was it coming back? I know there was a little bit of nerves with the fan feedback. You, you know, driving, you know, a different manufacturer's car, but everybody online that I saw just seemed thrilled that you were back. How, you know, and obviously I wasn't there on site, but uh, how was the crowds and how was the fans with David Higgins, uh, you know, coming back there at New England Forest Rally?
10: Yeah, to be honest, it absolutely blew us away because we we were well sort of set up for all of thinking I mean, you know, there's something the Subaru fans would be questioning because a lot of them don't understand that, you know, we never chose not to not to be in that car anymore. It was just the way circumstances happened. And, you know, it's like you've you you you've got to try and get back out there again. I thought there'd be a few haters and people giving us some some stick. And, you know, the, the thing that was the best is everybody was so pleased to see us there just for the sport of rallying. And they were pleased to see us in there, whatever car we were in. And then when we sort of got there, I was a little bit nervous thinking, I wonder how the Subaru boys, you know, people that have been my family and team for sort of almost 10 years. And, you know, every single one of the guys came up and shook our hand and said, we're glad to see you here and go and give it to them. And they were genuinely pleased and happy that we were there, Um, especially sort of Lance and Chris Yandel and the the bosses and things. So um, it was as soon as you sort of knew you had their support as well, it made it a lot easier, really.
3: Well, that's got to be exciting for you and I know uh, definitely looking forward to the future same time you're racing here I know uh, Matthew uh, has been doing a lot of karting, uh, karting in the UK how's uh, how's Matthew's season going right now David?
10: Yeah the, the the British Championships going pretty well we had a few unfortunate things with races being stopped because of um, weird conditions that set us back a little bit um, but it's his first year in senior then last why I was competing in the weekend he was doing the, the British Kart Grand Prix and was at the front in both classes all weekend long, in the final of the road tax, he literally was, he went into the lead on the last but one lap and had sort of paced the race perfect, but unfortunately the the lad that he just passed decided it, he didn't want to be overtaken and just drove straight into the side of Matt and took him out and um, and wrecked his cart and his chances of the win and then unfortunately the next race in the other class the, the same lad was doing the same race and then went out on purpose and took us out in that one and another one, so um, it was just a real horrible way to it to end from what, what should have been a brilliant weekend, but he's pleased that he was at the front and everything, and he was at the front and in contention all the time, so you know that was racing, you need that little bit of luck as well, but I think you know his spirits are still right up there. We've just come back now, got everything all ready to go again, and we're going testing again on Thursday in preparation for the next British round, so it's pretty much non-stop, really.
3: Well, it definitely sounds like it, David, but we got to take a short commercial break here on the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor.
11: Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets.
1: 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780.
12: Go to brightsidetaxrelief.com
13: now Mr.
12: Clean! Mr. Clean! So a friend told me about Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and his exact words were, it changed my life. I used to spend a ridiculous amount of time trying to remove tomato sauce from inside our microwave and soap scum off the bathtub. It's like seriously magic and my secret weapon for cleaning the kitchen, bathroom, doors and walls and even keeping my sneakers clean. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, greatest invention ever! Mr. Clean! Mr. Clean! Mr. Clean!
0: Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, the unicorn of
7: cleaning. Thanks for tuning in to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, available live online in syndication on networks across the U.S. and available internationally on the American Forces Network.
3: Man, was that uh, an hour one or what? Right here on the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Let me tell you, though, if you thought hour number one was good, hour number two is going to get even better Yes, that is right. It's going to get better. I'm going out on a limb. I'm going to say it. We got Ron Caps, Napperon, NHRA legend, winner this past weekend at the Winter Nats, aka the Summer Nats. Um. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a long story, and we're going to get into that with her on caps. And we've also got. Uh, if you are a YouTube car fan, you know the name Tyler Hoover, uh, with Hoovy's Garage. He is the uh, Grand Marshal of the NASCAR race at Watkins Glen this week, and he's going to be on the show talking some cars and fun and a whole lot more. So, uh, big big hour number two lined up. You got any guests questions that you want to answer on the show? Hit me up at Jim Beaver fifteen on the Twitter machine. Um. Instagram DMs, I might check those as well. But uh, Twitter's going to be the best way to get a hold of me, at JimBeaver15. Hit me up on Facebook during the show. Yeah, that's not going to get checked. So just putting it out there. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to those questions. Looking forward to the guests. And uh, don't forget, once again, if you want to try your hand at rallying, head over to DirtFish.com and use that coupon code JimBeaver15. 15 Jim Beaver 15 is going to get you 15 percent off any and all classes at dirtfish rally school Jim beaver 15 dirtfish.com yes they will get you locked loaded and it's going to be a whole lot of fun when you get up there. so with that being said it's time to tap out on hour number one and we're going to tap in hour number two when we return right here to the general Tire down and dirty radio show powered by Polaris razor get some fists full of bourbon and rejoin us after this break.
4: USA Radio News with Tim Burke. President Biden is holding a bilateral meeting with the Israeli Prime Minister on Friday at the White House. The president saying Iran and its desire to obtain a nuclear weapon are a vital subject for their meeting.
14: We're also going to discuss the threat from Iran and our commitment to ensure Iran never develops a nuclear weapon. And, but we're putting diplomacy first and seeing where that takes us. But if diplomacy fails, we're ready to turned to other
4: options. Negotiations between the United States and Iran to re-enter the Iran nuclear deal have stalled. National security officials are warning the president that another terrorist attack in Kabul, Afghanistan is likely. White House officials saying the president received this guidance in the Situation Room earlier on Friday. This is USA Radio News.
11: Nielsen says more than 30 million Americans are now tuning in to Newsmax TV. It's one of the biggest media stories. Newsmax is available on all major cable systems. And if you cut the cord and don't get cable, you can still get Newsmax. Find it on your smart TVs like Samsung, LG, and more. Just go to your smart TV channel guide or download the free Newsmax app. Newsmax also streams free on Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, or TiVo. And 7 million people have the Newsmax app on their their smartphone. It takes seconds to download it on your phone and there's no paywall or subscription. So watch Newsmax for breaking news anytime, anywhere. President Trump says Newsmax is really good and Forbes calls Newsmax a news powerhouse. Find out why tens of millions of Americans are watching Newsmax TV and going to Newsmax.com for breaking news. It's a source you can trust. Newsmax is real news for real people.
4: Texas lawmakers are finally able to get some work done.
2: Months of partisan battles in Texas concluded late Thursday as House members passed new voting integrity laws. Moving the legislation closer to the governor's desk, the vote on the nearly 50-page bill SB1 passed the Texas House, 79-37, mostly along party lines. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry.
4: The chairman of the Fed Reserve is talking about the path ahead for the economy. Jerome Powell addressing the Fed's annual Jackson Hole Symposium and noting steady job gains this year in addition to the number of job openings. While the Delta variant presents a near-term risk, the prospects are good for continued progress toward maximum employment. However, Powell said the unemployment rate of nearly 5.5% is still much too high. He also addressed inflation, describing the latest jump as sharp. This is USA Radio News. The CDC has another warning regarding salmonella.
12: The CDC has identified a brand of Italian meats linked to a multi-state salmonella outbreak. The agency said the illnesses were linked to Fratelli Beretta brand prepackaged uncured antipasto trays with the best by dates on or before February 11th, 2022. Fratelli Beretta brand products are sold nationwide in vacuum-sealed plastic packages. A total of 36 people across 17 states fell ill, and 12 were hospitalized in outbreaks of two strains of salmonella. The CDC recommended that consumers throw away the affected products and other pre-packaged Italian-style meats. They also suggested that consumers wash any items, containers, and surfaces that may have touched the products using hot, soapy water. From the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau, I'm Wendy King.
4: Videos by a team of federal investigators shows more evidence of extensive corrosion and overcrowded concrete reinforcement in a Miami area condominium that collapsed in June, killing ninety-eight people. The video shows densely packed steel reinforcement in various sections of the building, along with extensive corrosion where one of the column met the building's foundation. The National Institute of Standards and Technology also announcing it will conduct a five-pronged investigation into the Champlain Tower's south collapse. For USA Radio News,
0: I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. If you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008, pay close attention to this message.
1: 800-817-2968. 800-817-2968. 800-817-2968. That's 800-817-2968.
3: All right. Welcome to hour number two here on the Gentle Tire Down a Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Uh, Ron Caps and uh, Tyler Hoover of Hoovy's Garage on tap for here for hour number two. Um, you know, it's funny. I put it out there every once in a while and I uh, had somebody ping me back. Uh, our good friend, Pleasant Cook, who, uh, you know, her is uh, last week's guest on the show. Uh, I'm looking for things to do at Sturgis. Obviously I'm going to be there. I got lots to do, but if there's any food, any fun, any cool places, like, man, I'd like to know. Right. So hit me up. So Pleasant hit me up. There is a food truck, I guess, that has been ranked the best food truck in all of Sturgis called Sweeto Burrito. And she says, you've got to try Sweeto Burrito. It's insane. So I guess I'm headed to Sturgis to try Sweeto Burrito. Uh, I'm kind of, I don't know, Sweet Burritos, uh, there's got to be more to this. But if it's got ranked best in Sturgis, i got to tell you, I know where some darn good tacos are at King of the Hammers. Yes, go out to the middle of the desert in Johnson Valley and find the best tacos of your life. Yep, and pizza. It can happen. So uh, I'm not putting uh, burritos in... South Dakota at Sturgis uh, out of the question. So looking forward to trying those. Um, but if you know of anything at Sturgis that I got to try, um, I need to experience, whether it be locations, concerts, bars, food. Like, you tell me. I, I am going in with an open mind to Sturgis, and I want to try some of the best food and drinks uh, and experiences known to uh, man. So uh, let me know. Uh, Hit me up at JimBeaver15 and uh, give me me those comments because uh, Sweeto Burrito, that's on the list right now. And I need to add to that list uh, since I'm going to be back there for a few days with my good friends at Fistful of Bourbon once again. um, Yeah, they are a great partner in the show. But uh I am going to be on site with them with a bourbon company at Sturgis like could life get any better? I don't know. That's uh pretty pretty fun. But uh you should definitely try a fistful of bourbon if you hadn't. Some of the if you're a whiskey drinker, man, this stuff is uh solid solid gold and uh it is uh worth the price of the bottle and let me tell you it's pretty uh, pretty affordable by bourbon standards for uh, what you get for that price, man. It's uh it is on point. So uh we're going to take a short commercial break here and really get into hour number 2. You got Ron Caps coming up uh, after the break, and then after Ron Caps, it is going to be Tyler Hoover with Hoovy's Garage. So uh, big slam pack stacked hour number two right here on the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Hang tight. or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Polaris Razor. Your life demands a tire that provides durability, comfort, and performance, and that's what General Tire delivers for you. From the all-season grip of the Grabber UHP to the comfort and on-road manners of the Grabber HTS to the durability and off-road traction of the Grabber AT2, General has a tire that will help get you where you need to go. So let us take you on your next big adventure. Tweet us at General Tire, hashtag anywhere is possible. Because with General Tire, anywhere is possible.
9: From the 2018 Master Distillers of the Year comes a bold new American whiskey and fistful of bourbon. Their whiskeys have been award-winning for generations. Now they're going all in on bourbon, blending five straight whiskeys to create a big, balanced bourbon that stands apart from everything else. So grab yourself a fistful of bourbon, a blend of five bourbons created with over 100 years of whiskey blending experience. It ain't just a bourbon, it's a damn fistful. Please enjoy responsibly.
3: Welcome back to the General Tire Outdoor Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. I'd like to welcome my good friend Ron Caps to the line. And Ron, I got to ask you, man, did, how was uh, the Winter Nats in August? Or I guess, uh, you know, I guess uh, end of July, August, but uh, it was a warm one for a Winter Nats, huh?
6: Yeah, that, God, Jimmy, it was. It was probably the most adverse conditions we've had, and maybe even as long as I've been driving funny car, which has been a while. It was. You know, obviously COVID made us uh, change the winter nationals to July. Um, And with that being said, they made it to summer nationals, but it was still (laughs) had that feeling uh, of being in Pomona. So it was hot. It was tricky. Track conditions were, you know, very hard to adapt to for crew chiefs and drivers. And we saw track temperatures upwards of 150 degrees. So you're trying to get that 11,000 horsepower to stick to the, uh, to the rubber on the track, and it's a legendary track as it is, it's not easy. So um, it felt like winning that race, you felt like you win a couple races <laughs> at the same time.
3: Well, and I know that that was kind of my question. It's like, you know, Winter Nats is always running Pomona because of where it's at. You know, you, it's not a place you don't, you, you don't want to go visit Pomona in the middle of the summer. I mean, it's just not a place you want to visit. You know, most people kind of go along the beaches, things like that. So I kind of knew this was going to be warm. But, you know, all your guys have set up data. You guys have stuff for years there, uh, you know, for for that track. But, I mean, a lot of it, I got to think, was kind of out the window with this one, right?
6: Yeah, you know for the gearheads listening to your show, I mean, you you have these new things that you try. You know, within a year or so, we've had a little better maybe ignition, uh, a little better coils, a little, you know, uh, cylinder heads might be just a little bit different. Superchargers might be making a little bit better boost. Um, little things that you can't necessarily go back to a year ago or two years ago to a track that, that was hot. Let's say Norwalk, Ohio, maybe, that, that was maybe 130-something degree track. You can sort of use some of that data, but things have changed and evolved as they do in every motorsport. you got new parts and pieces. So our crew chiefs go back and they do look at that data and they do see what they did before. And they can sort of take a little bit of it. Um, the good ones, I should say, can do that and, uh, and use that, that data. But we were sort of in, we were in deep waters because we didn't have the heat, uh, in any of the data we had in the previous years to even look back at. So, um, I you know I brag about the Napa know-how my guys and and they definitely proved it this weekend because every run we were at least a tenth ahead of everybody and that's you know you, when you say that in drag racing that's some pretty quality cars so it was uh you know it felt good at the end of the day to look back and see how dominant it was
3: yeah how how is you as a driver because I know like I've got Vegas Torino coming up here in a in uh, two weeks and I have to prepare for that race because it's so hot it's in the Nevada desert in the middle of August. And I have to prepare differently. You know, I take IVs beforehand because of the heat. And and you guys, I mean, you know, I run a three-layer suit. Your guys' suits are, you know, your impact suits are even thicker than that. You know, and you guys are completely closed, in closed cockpit. I mean, do you have to, something like that, how does your body adjust, Ron? Because, I mean, I know you're not in the car for a, a super long time, but you just sit there and got to be roasting on the start line.
6: Jim, it's a perfect balance of oats and barley's. And some <laughs> cardio. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's funny. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm getting up there in age a little bit compared to some of these new kids. We saw that Justin Ashley had to get out of his car and gave my teammate a, a single round, the final, because he had a heat, you know, condition, um, and and was passed out in the car. I guess. So, you know, over the years, you've watched these NASCAR drivers go into this complete you know, fitness craziness you know Casey Kane and Jimmy Johnson and guys like that and then you see that these same athletes sometimes have problems when when it gets to be extreme as far as the heat and stuff so yeah I do I stay in great shape and I try to uh, to treat it like I'm an athlete and race weekends definitely stay uh, a lot of pedialyte um you know if if I could get an IV I would but it's just um you know I try to just make sure I I concentrate on being the best I can be when it's time, you know, once a race starts, it's early breakfast, small breakfast, and then it's between runs. Unlike you guys, we have this up and down, um, sort of, you know, you get ready, you get motivated to go make a run. And then all of a sudden you got to kind of relax in between runs. And then you go do it again. You got to do that four times on Sunday. So you, you know, you got to balance that. So I'll do protein bars with very low glycemic, um, and just try to not eat too much. And, uh, man, I don't know. It's, I'm not crazy fitness wise. So I I don't know what to tell you there, but, um, I think uh, maybe the good beers during the week uh, get my system and
3: <laughs> <I'm with you. laughs>
6: maybe feel like a funny car driver, right?
3: Yeah, I, I, I will I will say I've had some uh, some of the fitness people, uh, you know, tell me. They're like, you know, you, you, you eat right, you kind of get ready. And they're like, then you go and drink beer and whiskey in the evening or something. And they're like, you kind of totally <laughs> defeat the purpose. I'm like, yeah, but I can't change that part of my life. Like, that's how I wind down, you know, is having a beer every evening or something. So I'm like, yeah, to hey, me Jim, there's a give and Jim, take. but
6: I came in. At- when I came into the sport, you got to remember, John Forrest was dominating, right? He, he wasn't joking in his interviews when he said it was coffee and donuts. That's what he did. <laughs> and I, I was like, okay, I, I was an athlete, but, but looking at that, the guy's the most dominant racer ever in Funny Car. There's got to be something <laughs> to it, right? So I took a little bit of that and maybe a little bit of what I knew and, and put them together.
3: Yeah, well, and I, I find it funny, too, because we, we talk about that, and I go, one of the most dominating you know NASCAR drivers the last 20 years, I know you were there, uh, you know, Tony Stewart was there with Leah, but uh, I look at Tony and go, you know, he, he wasn't exactly a guy that was on the treadmill every single day or doing cardio, you know, every single day, and I'm like, it worked out for Tony, so maybe there's something to say there, you know?
6: No, that's exactly right, and look at him now, I mean, Leah's got him in tip-top shape, yeah. and he's looking good uh, hanging out and he's a whole new, uh, whole new man.
3: Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the, the race in general. Cause you talked about that and being consistent over the weekend, but I got to say, Rohan, if, if you had to pick a bracket, you may have picked the toughest one. I mean, you, you had to go through guys that are now sitting second and third in points and task and John force. And then you got J.R. <laughs> Todd in the final. I mean, you want to talk about a tough one for you. <laughs> you, you had your work cut out for you there.
6: Well, it, it's, it's funny and it's not funny, but every time we seem to have Murder's row, when we look at the Sunday morning ladder, that's when we always end up doing well. I mean, you'd love to have, well, and I never say it, but you'd love to have some easy rounds, right? But if you think that, and you say that, then these guys are going to take offense. Even the part timers, like the kid we raced first round, Bob Bodie. I mean, they ran right next to us. If I made a mistake or a car smoked the tires a little bit, they were going to beat us. So, Um, Yeah, you're right. From then on, it was uh, it was championship caliber teams. And uh, we just seem to when that stuff's thrown at us, we seem to have a better day, believe it or not. (laughs) So, um, you know, every round when you said the points leader task a second round, that was huge. Right. You get through that and you take a breath, you turn around, look at the ladder. And guess what? John Forrest semifinals. And you're like, okay, this is going to be a huge matchup. He's right in front of us in points and he's John Forrest get by him and then it's jr todd you know world champion car running great knows how to drive and uh you know like you said it's just uh one after another so that that also uh, compared to like you said with the conditions that just man it just made that win that much sweeter
3: yeah well and you know. I know win number sixty seven, man. I, I mean I looked at that stat and I had to actually look it up. I was like, I wonder I was like, Ron Caps has got a lot of wins at this point, and it's been a while since we've talked and I looked it up and went, sixty seven wins, man. You're you know, you ever look back at your career and go, Wow, that you know I know you're in the middle of it and you sometimes you don't sit back and kind of look at what you've done, but sixty seven wins, Ron. I mean you're you're up an elite company there, buddy.
6: Dude, I didn't think I would have one NHRA trophy and or win. Seriously, I just dreamed about driving. You know, when I was a crew member, you know, you get one or two, and you're like, okay, my I could be fine retiring. And then you you know you have these stats of okay, you passed Don Prudhomme, you passed Joe Amato. They start naming all this stuff off when it happens, and you just it blows me away that my name's even listed like that. And that number 67, it seems so far out of reach. You know, even when I was Larry Dixon's teammate, he had tons of wins, and I looked at that at the time. And I was like, "Wow, man, I can't even imagine having that many wins." And now here I am. So yeah, it's crazy. Um, you know how it is. You get so into what you're doing when you're actually racing, you don't stop and put your head up and look around because you feel like you're you're going to lose a step to the competition. But it's fun to to have the documented stuff and have guys like you. To say that you know it's uh it just it's a reminder of just how cool it's been and how, how good of people i've had around me
3: all right ron well we are going to come back with more with you we are definitely not done talking here trust me i got a lot more questions to ask you but we're up against the time break for this segment so we're going to take a short commercial break right here on the gentle tire down and dirty radio show powered by polaris razor and when we come back ron caps will be on the other side still with us with a whole lot more to come
7: if you owe the IRS 5000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation.
1: Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. 732 9635 That's 800-732-9635. Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290. 800-693-8290. 800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290. Do you own an annuity,
8: either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry. Supplies are limited.
1: Call now. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. 760 1845
7: That's 800-760-1845. Thanks for tuning in to the Down and Dirty Radio Show. Available live online in syndication on networks across the U.S. and available internationally on the American Forces Network.
3: Welcome back to the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show powered by Polaris Razor. Jim Beaver here and uh, we're one segment in in this interview with uh, my good friend Ron Caps, who's standing by. Well, well, Ron, well, in the near term, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you, you knocked out task and you knocked out force that puts you now, I believe with a five point lead um you know in the point standings and obviously you got force and task kind of right there but you know looking at that I mean obviously seems like the team I, I know DSR as a whole you guys have been on fire lately obviously you shared wins with Leah this weekend uh we've had AB with a win recently you know and uh, uh Hagan taking a win as well I feel like you, you know you as a whole are hitting your stride I think DSR is hitting your stride And I mean I guess if, if if there was a time to get hot it would be about right now right
6: yeah. And, you know, I've been, I almost felt like I was jinxing our team because I kept saying, okay, a win's coming. And you, you know, this is a brand new team for me this year. My longtime crew chief retired in January and I was put together with what was Jack Beckman's old team. Great guys. Uh, and just, I, it just felt right. But we've lost some close races and I knew we got a great car. I mean, we've had four number one qualifiers and I don't think I've had four number one qualifiers in the last. For years maybe with my old crew chief. He was more of a, a race day kind of guy and he didn't go up there and grab the pole. Um, like Guido, my, my crew chief now and John Medlin. So yeah, it's been different, but I kept saying, man, I know this car. It's a great car. It, it's going to come, but then it didn't, you know, and I'm like, maybe I should shut up and not say that until it happens. Uh, but lo and behold, it, you know, finally did. So yeah, I think this is perfect timing. We're coming to a, what I consider some of my funnest races and, and, Kansas and Brainerd, Minnesota, and then roll into Indy, and then boom, our our playoff starts. So, yeah, we are, I think, hitting at the right time.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you kind of talk about that. You knew you had a good car. And, I, you know, the thing that blows my mind about NHRA, and IndyCar's close, and in NASCAR's close, but... NHRA, I mean, we're dealing with, you know, thousands of a second and millimeters and, and things like that. It's just, to me, like the closest. You can have a good car, but it doesn't mean you're going to, you know, you know be in the winner you know, taking home the Wally at the end of the weekend. Like To me, that's what's so amazing about NHRA. And I think sometimes the fans at home, um, you know, it's amazing to watch on TV, but being there and then actually looking at what the teams are doing behind the scenes, things like that. It's just, to me, it's mind blowing the tolerances and how close everything actually is, Ron.
6: Yeah. And, you know, I have some, it's hard to make a comparison, but I I look at it like a great chef. Um, You can give somebody, you could pull 10 chefs and say, all right, we're going to have you all make a soup, the best soup in the world to you. And they're all going to grab their ingredients that are given to them, and they are all going to make their soup a little bit different. And you're going to go down the line. You go, holy cow, that's good. And then you go know, the next one. You go, man, that's good too, right? So you have these ten cruise chiefs with these parts to make eleven thousand horsepower, a, a, a you know, eighteen gallons of nitromethane to pour in the tank. And they, it's amazing that we can all go up there and go three hundred thirty miles per hour and be within a tenth or a thousandth of each other with completely different ways that they tune that race car and they are all different. You can, you might have two guys next to each other, the same parts, but they all approach it differently. And that's the way I kind of look at it. And, uh, it, it's an amazing thing. They are truly rocket scientists. I believe, you know, these guys make this much horsepower. and How do you get these Goodyear tires to stick to a track that's 150 degrees and go zero to 300 miles per hour? Just is mind boggling, especially when you're hanging onto the steering wheel. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, it's what makes our sport so great. And, again, this kid I raced first round, he's uh, he's going to college right now, Bob Bodie. <laughs> and he gets to go on weekends and drive a nitro funny car for his dad. And I get out of the car after beating him, and he goes, dude, I didn't sleep last night. I'm racing Ron Caps. And I go, are you kidding me? I was nervous that you were going to beat me. Like, So, yeah, it's, just a, it's what makes our sport so great.
3: Yeah. You know, it's funny, too, because I I tell everybody this. I'm like, you can watch on TV. You can follow everybody on social media. I love NHRA because it's got some of the best personalities in in all of motorsports. I I love the personalities around the NHRA. And I'm like, you can see that on TV. But I'm like, if you actually get somebody physically to an NHRA event – in the atmosphere, and the fact that they can go up, they can meet Ron Caps. You're not, you know, you're you're not hiding behind, you know, a bunch of ropes and things like that. And people got to line up at a certain time and buy tickets to to meet you. You know, they they walk up and meet you, but the experience of a top fuel or a funny car and that hit to the chest and your eyes are burning and your lungs are burning. And, and I mean, there's just something about that that I haven't ever seen one person go to an NHRA event and went, man, that sucks. I didn't like that. Like It's like, when do we get to do this again? You know? And, and I feel like that's the greatest thing about NHRA is you don't get that experience in any other motorsport.
6: Oh man, you're so right. And then once somebody has seen it live and then they watch it on TV, it, it's a different Deal, you know, you really you're, you look at it differently, and that's why I love having all my hero rock stars, people that I look up to, and I love their music, and I go to their concerts, and then you have them out and sort of give them a taste um, of being next to the stage at a Metallica concert or something, yeah. and it's hilarious because it's sort of the same thing. Um, like this weekend we had uh, the Lawrence kids, a supercross motocross riders, yeah. right? These kids are fearless, Leonard and Jet, and here they are standing at the starting line, just blown away and that's all they've talked about since then and these are kids flying you know 50 feet through the air at a super cross track and uh so that was fun to turn them onto something really cool for the weekend and have them stand behind the nitro car and get a dose of nitro and eyes water and all that cool stuff
3: yeah, that's that's what I've always told everybody. If you ever get the opportunity to stand on the water box uh, for for funny car or for top fuel, I'm like, it, it will change your life. And I mean that in a good way. Like, it's just the most ex- – I can't even explain the sensations you get, you know, through your body. Like, it's just – it's crazy. It's otherworldly almost, you know?
6: Yep, Absolutely.
3: So, well, Ron, uh, it is always fun catching up, my friend. Uh, we are uh, just about up against the time break, but uh what we do, I want to ask, I know you uh, spend a lot of time on the iRacing service, obviously NHRA back in full swing, but uh, you've been playing on the Sim at all lately?
6: Yeah, I've been doing this Monday night thing with uh, a whole bunch of NASCAR drivers and some TV people and, you know, it's different cars, different tracks every week. So that's been fun to look forward to on a, on a Monday night. Um, I'm kind of waiting for you to get us back in the off-road trucks, Man, that was one of the funnest uh, series that we've done through COVID was getting in those things and battling some of the best in the world. And, um, yeah, I get on and it's, it's off and Now the season's going. It's a little less, but uh, still, I still love getting home and sitting on the sim and, and hopping in and, and racing with all the other racers.
3: Yeah, well, it, it's you know I I feel like COVID and the whole pandemic, if there was if there was any good that came out of it, I think the sim racing community definitely grew. And I know we got another event coming up later this month. I was actually going to email you on, but. um yeah I mean I can't believe our events I think we've got maybe TV lined up for all three of our events next year but you know that being said like just the whole sim racing community as a whole I feel like so many people went to iRacing when this was going on because we couldn't you know race our, our regular race vehicles and and tracks were closed things like that and I think it's been so good for for the the iRacing community you've been a part of the community for a very long time but you know to be able to bring in these other personalities from other motorsports and and just have them there and um, you know expose people the community that you know you and and many others have slowly helped build over the last decade it's been pretty cool
6: yeah i mean i was there at the inception i was one of the beta testers for i and so watching it grow and uh and then you know there's a lot going on through COVID. a lot of you know just hard to get through but i got to tell you i mean it probably saved my life my wife says that all the time she, to, to wake up in the morning and have a, a race that i had to go practice for because it was going to air on tv later it It helped me because here we were locked down, there was no racing going on, so I mean it was just a lifesaver for me to be able to go out and do that. and we almost had a million viewers on the first couple of uh t v races, so um it was nuts that here we were racing and people were tuning in <laughs> t v to watch us race uh online in virtual cars, so you know I, I was very happy for I racing, but it uh, it was very cool for our fans, at least to have something to watch.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think it was good for not only the racers but the fans as well, and it gave everybody something to look forward to. And it's about all you can ask. But uh, I got to tell you, I am definitely looking forward to the remainder of the NHRA calendar, my friend. Leading the points, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, going to be fun to watch this one play out in Funny Car.
6: Yeah, you know, uh, our, our boy Antron Brown, they're hitting their stride. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be hopefully uh, we can get the. Uh, get DSR and Don Schumacher up to the top here before the season's over.
3: Yep. Well, Ron, it has been fun catching up, and uh, we'll definitely chat soon, buddy. You got it, man. Thanks. And it is never a bad day when you've got Ron Caps on your show. I, You know, honestly, look at the stats on how many wins he's got in NHRA. You know, he's a humble guy, and I I really, really enjoy Ron as a person, as a racer, what he brings to the table. He's funny. He does a great job on social media. I mean, a phenomenal job on social media. Uh, He cracks me up a lot of times. I know him and Antron Brown have uh, have a ton of fun, but, um, you know, he's – you know, he's in elite company, you know, and you, 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 get him, we, we got him to talk a little bit about of it. And that's because he's that humble of a guy, but um, you know, you want to talk about one of the all-time greats. I mean, you just heard him on the show, Ron caps. He is there. He is on the short list in the NHRA as far as all time greats go, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, you know, that's definitely, definitely saying something, but a guy like him, that's case in point why NHRA is killing it. And I say this a lot. And I mean, this and I look at motorsports as a whole, I watch all kinds of motorsports, just about any kind of motorsport there is, and uh, I will say, and I truly mean this, that the NHRA has the best personalities in the world of motorsports as a whole. I mean, you look at guys like Ron Caps, Antron Brown, Steve Torrance, John Force, um, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, uh, you know, Leah Pruitt, uh, you know, the Force Girls, like the personalities, the people you get, the emotion, the passion. I mean, NHRA is like WWE pro wrestling. I mean, and I mean that in the best possible way. But you have these larger than life pers- personalities and personas. And I guess it probably takes somebody like that um to drive a car 330 miles an hour i mean me i love racing do i want to go 330 miles an hour not unless it's in an airplane like being honest with you i got no interest in going that fast so i I think it takes a special kind of special to go that fast and NHRA, they just kill it love ron caps um and i love sharing those stories with you guys but uh that being said we got to take a short break we come back it is tyler hoover right here when we return to the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor.
9: At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab Placement.
1: That's 800-403-5912. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. He said call PetJoy right now, 800-846-2153, 800-846-2153, 800-846-2153, that's 800-846-2153.
14: Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job?
1: that's 800-306-1760. You're listening to the Down and Dirty Radio Show,
7: powered by Polaris Razor. All killer and no filler.
3: Welcome back to the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. I'd like to welcome my next guest, uh, a guy who probably needs no introduction, uh, Tyler Hoover from Hoovy's Garage. Man, Tyler, welcome to the show, buddy.
5: Thank you very much. I'm not sure, unless you're a weird person that watches a lot of YouTube, uh, I may not be that well-known.
3: Well, I don't know. There's something magic. What YouTube's got, I kind of feel like there's two big thresholds on YouTube, right? The 100,000 mark and then the million mark and uh i feel like you you've hit the million mark so i don't know i i'd say it's it's a pretty decent accomplishment
5: Oh, thank you. Yeah, you definitely, it's a little easier to get that 100000 mark, but uh, you kind of have to claw your way up to the million. But uh, yeah, it, you know, there's always somebody bigger for sure.
3: Yeah, for sure. But I know this is, uh, you know, a lot coming up for you. Obviously, I want to jump into talking about YouTube. Part of the reason we've got you on the show, I guess we'll get the formalities out of the way. But uh, this weekend, man, big deal. Watkins Glen, you are the uh, Grand Marshal for the go Bowling at the Glen uh, NASCAR race this weekend. And I, this is always one of my favorites because it's one of the, you know, hand Full of road courses on the uh, on the NASCAR schedule, but uh, you got to be pretty excited to head out to the Glen.
5: Oh, for sure. I was kind of confused. I was wondering if they got Tyler Hoover's mixed up or something when they (laughs) invited me. But uh, yeah, super historic track, of course. You know, that's uh, you know really exciting action that I've watched on television over the years, but I've never been to in person. And then to be Grand Marshal of it, it's just just an awesome opportunity for sure to start at the go bowling at the Glen. You know, at the Glen, it's just. dream come true really
3: yeah. Well, I, I know it's got uh, – this is – it's funny because NASCAR fans, I feel like this is – there's some of the races throughout the year kind of people tune out, and then there's ones that bring them back in, and this is definitely one that brings it back in. So i got to say, if you're going to be at the Grand Marshal at, at one of the races, this is definitely, uh, I would say, on on the short list of ones you definitely want to do. And uh, I don't know, this time, uh, you know, up where it's located there in the northeast, uh, weather's pretty, pretty darn good about this time of year, especially compared to where I'm at here in the southwest. So uh, definitely uh, should be a fun weekend for yep. you.
5: Yeah, same here. It's definitely a hot mess, but uh, yeah, you know, they they make fun of NASCAR drivers for just going past and turning left, but you really see in in tracks like these the the driver talent that these guys have, and uh, yeah, very, very fun to watch.
3: Yeah, well let's let's jump into talking a little bit about uh, you know your your YouTube channel and kind of your background. I guess first off, how you know how did this whole thing Huvy's Garage uh, get started? I know you call it the dumbest automotive channel on YouTube, uh, which <laughs> I know that's some tongue in cheek humor because I really I really enjoy the channel because you're doing stuff not a lot of people are doing. Uh, but how how did you kind of go down this rabbit hole? And trust me, man, I I. I get it. I've been around cars my entire life. I mean, obviously, i got a radio show that we talk racing and cars, and I race myself. And I know the rabbit hole you're down, dude, and it's, uh, it's deep. But how did you uh, get down this path? Let's put it that way.
5: <laughs> well, it's kind of a guide of what not to do. So I would buy something. You know, you, you see a cheap car for sale online, say it's a heavily depreciated Bentley for $10,000. And you think, well, that's cheaper than a used Camry. I should buy that, and you know most people are smart enough to, to avoid that kind of stuff. I'm not. I buy it, and then people <laughs> get to see vicariously how big of a disaster it is to, say, buy a Bentley Azure that was originally owned by Jean-Claude Van Damme for you know, next to nothing. You know, it was originally $300,000 new, and then the disaster mechanically it takes to go through and sort these things out and keep them running, and it's just kind of a wash, rinse, and repeat thing. That seems to be what people like.
3: Yeah, and it's funny because I I feel like you I, I kind of do a bit of the same, but not at the level you do. But I feel like guys like us, like we grew up looking at these certain cars, you know, certain eras. And man, that was like the dream car. And like I laugh because you got to you know you've got a kuntosh and everybody every kid in the world at some point had a kuntosh poster on their wall. Like that's just a given. Like <laughs> right. you know I, yeah. I, I think every kid had one. But I, I you know we have these cars that you look at or you go oh that's awesome. And now you get to a point where you can uh, you can kind of afford them, and you couldn't afford them new, but it's... It's like you can buy the used version that, like you said, is five, ten, fifteen grand, and I feel like so we start buying up our childhood and all these dream cars and things like that that we had as kids. Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Countach was definitely a a stretch of the budget, and it was (laughs) you know two on the same day, but neither of the cars had really moved in years. I think the Countach had been driven 150 miles in seven or eight years. So then you're driving at home, and the tires feel like they're concrete blocks and all that stuff. So you know, most people don't drive and enjoy those kind of exotic cars they're kind of just things that sit and look pretty in people's garages so actually using them is something i really try and do and and and, you know give viewers the experience of what's it like when you you know drive a coontage a thousand miles or something like that which i'm actually about to do in california
3: Yeah, that'll be awesome. And here's the question. I mean, it's one of those. It's kind of funny because you look at – I had this conversation on air a while back, but, you know, you look at, like, the era of, like, the muscle cars in the 60s and and things like that and the horsepower and the torque, and then you look at some of these modern cars that are just – you know grocery getters, and literally some of the performance <laughs> stats are the same, but a kuntosh how well does it hold up now because I mean in that era, it was it, it was a you know it was massive i mean that and the testerosa I think were about you know the the two hot tickets but how does it stand up today
5: yeah the zero to sixty is something like five seconds on it, which a, a minivan can do that nowadays, but you know that's not really what it's what yeah. it's all about it's you know the the feeling of that You know, nowadays you have all these computers controlling everything versus having that gated shifter with that very mechanical feeling when you shift gears and a naturally aspirated V12, which is another thing that's going away for, you know, smaller V8s and hybrid platforms and all that stuff. Uh, You know, just just experiencing that raw power uh, is definitely a rush. And I, I tend to like the older cars because, say, you know, like this Countach, I can run it through all the gears, get up on the highway Hear the you know full red line, the v 12 singing, and not be going at a speed that's going to send you directly to jail. Unlike a, a modern Lamborghini, where you know you'd be going 100 miles an hour in three seconds, and you know then you're you're doing something dangerous. Yeah.
3: You know, and one of the keys there that you said is the gated shifter. And I laugh because it's like, I you know, I like performance cars and I, I like stick shifts and I, and I get paddle shifters, you know, and these new, you know, these new gearboxes are so much quicker than actually shifting gears with a clutch, things like that. But I'm like, you know, like I would rather something take me half a second more. And have that enjoyment of shifting gears and things like that, because I'm not taking one of these cars to the track and going to race it. So to me, a half second doesn't matter. There, there's like enjoyment out of shifting, you know, shifting through the gears. Like you mentioned that that gate shifter, you know, and, you know, I feel like some of these modern cars that I've driven, like it just kind of loses it with the automatic, you know, shifting and and no, you know, no, no physical shifter clutch. Like, I, I don't know. What's your feelings on that?
5: Oh, I completely agree, and it's why you're starting to see these these last generation of manual cars, especially the exotics, just skyrocket in value. For example, like a Ferrari a 430, which was the last uh, gated manual mid-engine Ferrari, uh, a gated manual one's worth a quarter of a million dollars now, whereas you could pick up a you know flappy paddle one for a hundred thousand dollars or maybe a little less if it has some miles on it. So you're starting to see a delta where enthusiasts are starting to recognize how important this period of history was and how we're kind of reaching the end of it so you know people wanting to get into the collector car hobby you know a, a car like that with still still having the manual transmission may be the one to grab and hold on to for a long
3: time yeah you know one of the things i really like about your channel and there's a you know and i know like is I feel like part of it is a glimpse into automotive history to to an extent. You know, you're not you're not dealing with new cars that just came out in last year or two, like a lot of channels and things like that. Like you're you're going and you're taking daily drivers off the street that were you know that are area specific i mean obviously i know you know recently you've been you know you had the hummers and and those you know the you know that episode where you went and found you know the the, you know a bunch of hummers and uh you know in the barn and i'm looking back though like i look at the conversion van the chevy conversion van and like that one i had a buddy in high school that his parents had one and they passed it down to him in high school and we had more fun driving around in that stupid conversion van when we were in high school (laughs) uh you know what i mean and you could load so many people in there and it had the fridge and it had the the tv that you know didn't work right. but it was like i just laugh because i i can like i don't know i just love how your your show is like it just packages all this automotive history from the last few decades
5: yeah i mean i have you know a lot of memories of of conversion bands too of course my parents had one Friends, i mean that was what you had if you were if you were cool parents you had conversion fans yeah. and uh you know it's just like you know, going, going to the bowling alley with a, you know, a van full of kids, that kind of stuff. But what I didn't realize buying one all these years later, they have that negative connotation where they're kind of creepy to some yeah. people. So I'd be going to pick up my kid at school, and I'm seeing a lot of sideways glances thinking, you know, I'm going to be handing out candy or something and grabbing all their kids. So I actually, I didn't keep the van for that reason. But uh, I actually, I did buy a modern one, a 2016 equivalent. But uh, yeah, there, there's there's the yin and the yang of that, of course.
3: Yeah, and I, I feel like they, they've come back to an extent, but they've dressed them up. You know, Ford's got their big transit vans. I know Mercedes has got their vans. Like, I, I feel like vans have made a comeback, but they've they've kind of polished the look of them so they don't look like the creepy van right. like you were talking about, you know. And that being said, yeah. the guy in high school, he didn't get many dates because the girls were freaked out by the van. <laughs>
5: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, well, my, you know, my 2016, uh, my primary tow vehicle for track days and, Bringing cars home and all that stuff and it's also nine passengers so i can you know i can haul people it's it's very versatile for
3: sure yeah so when you're looking to when when you're looking to buy some are you necessarily looking or is it something like i'm sure you're all over the internet looking at you know listings things like that what blips your radar i mean i'm sure you get a lot of emails and people reach out to you things like that um with interesting stuff but i mean what 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 is it that gets you to go like okay i need to buy this
5: yeah, part of it's a bucket list, me working through, and, uh, you know, cars I've always wanted that are kind of underappreciated. Uh, the other half is just to go through, and it seems to I do really well when I just completely roast a car. Uh, you know, just, just something. Some, my, my easy one to go to is BMWs and their engineering, and there's just so many silly, stupid things that they did that are just fatal flaws in their engines, transmissions, whatever, and just going through and showing all that, poking fun at it. And then at the end, once you sort the car out, finding some redeeming qualities you can see why people are willing to just throw all kinds of illogical amounts of money at these cars you know at the end uh it, it, that seems to be you know what what drives my my content for sure
3: yeah so uh you know we've got a couple minutes left but uh obviously uh, you know we've got uh, the nascar race this weekend but uh, what else is coming up for you i mean what are we, we going to be able to see on the channel here uh you know in the coming weeks and months what do, what do you have up your sleeve that you can actually tell us about
5: yeah, it's going to be a Hummer project. We're going to be digging into this, this Hummer that is uh, pretty nice on the outside but crusty underneath. And then from there, we start production of my TV show on Motor Trend called Car Issues. Uh, and also uh, another series that I do called Car Trek It's going to be airing pretty soon. It's a, a web series where we actually got to uh, uh, go back and buy our very first cars that we bought with our own money. So we started with our dream cars, which were uh, – for me, I bought a Mercedes SLS AMG, which is the gold wing, big V8 uh, kind of supercar that Mercedes made about 10 years ago. Then they take them away from us, and we have $3,000 to go buy our first cars. And it, my first car that I bought with them, my own money was a Mercedes diesel, 120 horsepower. So it was quite a quite a dynamic there. But, uh, yeah, coming up this weekend, definitely really exciting to uh, do the gold bowling uh, at the Glen. And a uh, it, it, lot, lot coming up.
3: Yeah, they're gonna. Uh, you know, I know. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm sure you're gonna get uh, get a, get a chance to to go around the track and and things like that. Uh, any anything exciting lined up? I know uh, once in a while they'll have uh, you know some two-seaters, things like that. You get to take a you know, a chance to go for a ride in. Uh, anything exciting lined up like that, where they're actually gonna get you up to speed and some things?
5: You know, GoBowling.com actually has a bowling pin vehicle that that is shaped like a bowling pin. It's uh, you know they take it around to. <laughs> to various places for promotion and all that stuff. You know, August 14th is their, is their National Bowling Day, so they'll have it around at different places. But uh, I guess they're going to try and get me out on the track in that. It kind of looks like a little bit of a dragster. Uh, I imagine I won't be able to get too much speed, but it has a V8 in it. So um, I'm kind of interested to see what, what that's like.
3: Yeah, that might be one of the most interesting vehicles and unusual vehicles you've ever driven, I guess, right?
5: <laughs> right, yeah, for sure.
3: Uh, well, Tyler, it has been uh, fun catching up. I know we'll be tuned in to uh, Go Bowling at the Glen this weekend. Uh, congratulations on being the Grand Marshal at that. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely, uh, you know, you know look forward to what you're dropping on YouTube.
5: All right. Thanks a lot. Pleasure talking to you.
3: And uh, great catching up with Tyler. And we will be back right after this break here on the Gentle Tire Down to Dirty Radio show powered by Polaris Razor.
14: eight hundred
1: three O six one seven six O eight hundred three O six one seven six O eight hundred three O six one seven six O. That's 800-215-6812.
3: Welcome back here to the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor and uh, yeah, time to uh time to wrap things up here. Uh, big uh big thanks to uh Tyler Hoover, Ron Caps, uh David Higgins, man, star-studded cast today of guests. Uh, thanks to all you listeners for tuning in, whether you're tuning in on Sports of My Line, the U.S. American Forces Network, SiriusXM, Podcast One, Spotify, our website, Apple Podcasts. Please go over there and hit the subscribe button, rate and review. Um, man, uh, thank you guys. Continue to keep us in business. Keep us doing radio right here. Give me a follow at Beaver 15 on social media. Uh, I will once again be out at Sturgis this weekend. Swing by, say, hey, hit me up on social. If you're in the area, I would love to meet you fans. And, uh, you know, we'll be Recording a show with Fistful of Bourbon when we're there on site. So, uh, yeah, lots of good stuff happening out there at Sturgis, and I can't wait to take it all in. And then, fast forward to next week. I will be racing uh, Vegas Torino, so once again, uh, you know, give me a shout, swing by, say what's up at Contingency, and uh, we'll be bumping, banging through that Nevada desert in our Polaris Razor uh, on those gentle tires and Vision wheels. So, uh, yeah, lots of good stuff to come the next couple of weeks for me, that's for sure, and uh, we'd love to meet you guys. So, once again, at Beaver 15 big thanks to all our partners, General tire, Polaris Razor, Vision Wheel, Dirtfish, Rigid, GSP XTB Axles, Optimus, iRacing, Racing. Uh, a uh, fistful of bourbon definitely can't um, you know leave them out of the equation. Acronis, man, we got some amazing partners in the show, uh you know companies that keep us going, keep us in business, keep us doing radio for 10 years. And you know, I'm uh, I'm thinking about some special stuff for uh for a 10th anniversary show coming in the end of the year. So, if you have ideas, guest suggestions, anybody you want on the show, any guest host you would like, uh, let me know, man. We've uh we've got a lot to lot to do. I would I would love to uh I would love to do something uh big. Let's do it big on site an event. You let me know and uh, we will lock it. We'll load it. We'll make it happen. Maybe PRI show in December. That would be fun. Anyways, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot more to come. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on and uh, would love to uh, have you guys involved. Uh, But I am headed out to Sturgis, so you guys have a great weekend, a safe week. Uh, Be safe out there, and uh, we will continue to do radio, and uh, hopefully you continue to listen. And we'll see you next time right here on the Gentle Tire Down to Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor.
4: If you missed something from today's show, you can find it now on iHeartRadio Talk. That's iHeartRadio.com slash talk. A special news and update station you control. Follow us on iHeartRadio Talk and stay in touch 24-7. You're listening to the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network.